0: Capital City, I'm Jazz Garrett. Kurt Stage Harvey, a detective with JPD and a board member of the Alaska Peace Officers Association, talked about Shop with a Cop next Saturday. He has been involved for about eight years. And
1: we're going to be doing this at Fred Meyer, and the event this year will be on Saturday, December the 17th. We We get nominations to start with from schools and teachers and counselors and service personnel and families to nominate the kids for the program. We get uh, typically over 150 names of children every year between the ages of five and 17. We sort through these nominations and check with some of the families and the schools on the stories uh, what these kids are dealing with and we try and pick out the ones that we're able to serve the best and then we pair them with an officer. We have usually about 30 kids that we try and serve with the amount of uh, time and volunteers that we have and each officer who volunteers to uh, shop with the kid will uh, do a lot of work on their own.
0: He spoke to what else goes into shop with the cop.
1: We'll have a parade, a Santa parade, we call it. Lights and sirens of all the vehicles will be going intermittently from JPD all the way down Glacier Highway to Fred Meyer. Fred Meyer is a big partner of ours. They'll set aside a parking area for us. They give us a 20% discount on all our purchases. They also provide dry, good, or non perishable items for a family meal. And the program then will supplement perishable goods to make a whole holiday meal that'll go home with each of the children at the end of the program.
0: The program sponsored by?
1: This program is sponsored by the uh, Capital City Chapter of the Alaska Peace Officers Association. So that's an interagency uh, organization. It's fraternal and it's philanthropic and so we do uh, some charity work and, and this, is, this is one of those big events that we do during the year.
0: Stage Harvey spoke to how the program's funded. It's
1: been going on for at least a decade here in Juneau, if not more, are funded through 100% donations. Pretty big funders uh, that typically come through every year. The uh, inmate store from Lemon Creek Correctional Center donates a large amount. There's a lot of individual donors that donate large amounts. The the mines have helped us in the past. Typically, our budget is about $10,000 to provide this program. Each child uh, has a budget. We, well, each officer has a budget for the child and for the child's family of $100.
0: He says this. This how someone can donate.
1: We have a uh, Facebook presence, so they can search for Shop with the Cop on Facebook and they can message that page, or they could send donations, receive donations here at the General Police Department. So if they either drop off a check here, they can address it towards me or towards the program. Everybody knows who's involved with the program, so even if they drop it off and address it to Shop with the Cop, the checks should be written to the Capital City Chapter of APOA. It can be dropped off here at JPD, or they can give me a call or uh, message me through the uh, Facebook page.
0: CCFR and Juno Police responded to an accident that occurred late Wednesday afternoon on Egan Highway. Here's Chief Ed Quinto with the details.
2: Capital uh, City Fire Rescue and Juneau Police Department responded to a three-car accident on the overpass by Kmart building. Uh, we had uh, multiple car incident. Apparently a vehicle was going down the long way in the outbound lane. Uh, we transported two people to the hospital. Um, one was minor, and the other one was serious. Uh, at this time, um, all we have to. Uh, everybody else in the other vehicles were fine. Uh, it caused traffic backup, and the police department is investigating the accident at this time.
0: Quinto said two individuals were transported to the hospital, one with serious injuries and the other with minor injuries. Three others were able to walk from the accident. He spoke to the condition of the vehicles.
2: They are in pretty bad shape. Uh, They were uh, pretty badly damaged. Airbags were deployed on all of the vehicles.
0: Quinto said police are investigating the crash capital city fire and rescue is looking for volunteers fire marshal dan Jager talked about the status of staffing at the department while a guest on action line
3: we've traditionally and not just here in our department but across the nation have seen a, a decline in the volunteers over the years for a lot of different reasons um, we did have a lower number of staffing this summer um, we have gained some since then um, from what I understand from the assistant chiefs, uh, we're looking at about 50 on the roster. And some of them are just EMTs, uh, EMS focus. Some of them are fire, fire and EMS, both um, varying levels and degrees of um, capabilities and availability.
0: Jager said they are always recruiting. I think
3: what we've seen over the last uh, several house fires we've had in the last month or so, we're sitting probably at about a dozen uh volunteers that are coming in, you know, regularly for calls. Um which is always a much needed help, but we always need more. We're always recruiting for more people. So, um if anyone has any desire at all, uh, we strongly encourage you to come down to the downtown station, talk with the crew, talk with the different chiefs, um pick up an application package and see, you know, is is there something that you can offer, uh whether it be skills, time, availability, whatever. Uh, to help the fire department and help the community ultimately.
0: Fire Marshal Dan Jaeger. A recount of an Anchorage area state Senate race has reaffirmed Republican former Senator Kathy Giesel as the winner. The recount was conducted by the State Division of Elections Wednesday at the request of Democrat Rosalind Casey, who was the first of the three candidates in the Senate District E race to be eliminated in the November 8th ranked vote contest. The other candidate in the race was Republican Senator Roger Holland. The results were announced late Wednesday night. Casey had said that she had questions about the recording of votes and that transparency around the process was important to her. Glacier Bay National Park will transition from diesel generation to primarily hydroelectric power this week. Kevin Allen has more.
4: According to Park Superintendent Philip Hooge, the completion of the agreement allows the vision of the Falls Creek Hydroelectric Land Exchange to be realized, he said in a statement. He added that with this, the park and community of Gus Davis will both be on sustainable power and have lower electrical rates. The agreement was signed this week between Alaska Power and Telephone and the park, implementing a public-private partnership to turn over park electric facilities to integrate into the community system and bring online the congressionally funded power intertie. The project has reduced the park's expected greenhouse gas emissions by an estimated 600 tons of carbon dioxide per year. Glacier Bay has used diesel generation for more than 80 years to support front country park operations at Bartlett Cove, serving over 30,000 visitors a year. In 2009, Gustavus Electric Company completed construction of the 800-kilowatt Falls Creek Hydroelectric Project after a 1998 Act of Congress provided for a park-land exchange. Since then, 90% of the power to the gateway community of Gustavus has been supplied by this plant, offsetting hundreds of thousands of gallons worth of diesel fuel generation. For News of the North, this is Kevin Allen.
0: The Juno Symphony presents a holiday chair concert this weekend. We'll have details on that and other stories when News of the North continues. Stay tuned. You're listening to News of the North. The Juno Symphony this weekend is holding a holiday chair concert at Thunder Mountain High School. Performances are scheduled for Saturday evening at 8 and Sunday afternoon at 3. Executive Director of the Symphony, Charlotte Truitt, Said while on capital chat that the concert started over the pandemic.
2: Uh, we started it during the pandemic. We did a fir- our first one was virtual. We recorded it down at the state library archives and museum. We had like 600 people subscribed to that concert, and uh, it just really took hold. And we had a wonderful live performance last year at Thunder Mountain High School. This is our third year, uh, but we work with Sally Smith, who for many many years had Holiday Pops, so people recognize that, and uh, it was primarily a choral concert. Ours is, of course, we have a string portion, we have a brass portion, and a choral component. Um, this year we've got some extra surprises with dancing from Juno Dance Theater Dancers, doing Arabian the, from the Nutcracker. She says, I
0: have over 40 musicians on deck.
2: We have about almost 30 musicians, and then, well, another 10 with the singers. So, like 40 musicians. And then we have our friends, uh, two of the dancers from Juno Dance Theater coming on board. And then also on, uh, we have some pre-concert music. Saturday night will be Vox Borealis caroling in the lobby. And then on Sunday, our Prelude Orchestra will be playing pre-concert music under the direction of Franz Felkel. And there's about 18 of those young musicians, grades three through eight, who are starting out in playing in an ensemble. And so we'll have those young people playing in the lobby before
0: the show on Sunday, truett said they are looking for volunteers for their future performances we're always looking for folks and we always um, contribute
2: back to them with our thanks and a couple of complimentary tickets all of our volunteer slots are filled for this weekend but if folks are interested in a future concert uh, in january january 28th and 29th we are doing beethoven 6 at our transformations concert down at juno douglas high school and we do need volunteers for that concert and so people can get involved, and if you, if you play an instrument, we're always looking for additional musicians. So if, you, if it, you've been thinking about getting out your instruments and beginning again, uh, please let us know, and uh, Christopher Cook can arrange to meet with you, and we'll see what might happen.
0: The old Walmart building in Juneau has found a buyer. Alaska Unlimited Realty posted on their social media page that the company U-Haul has bought the property. News of the North is awaiting comment from the company. Juneau broke its all-time yearly precipitation record Wednesday morning. Meteorologist Caleb Cravens with the National Weather Service office and Juno talked about that on the morning show.
5: We started uh, taking measurements here in the 1930s at the airport, so from that time onward is what we've been recording. And so we uh, we beat the old record of 85.15 inches, and that was in 1991. So um, as of yesterday at 2 a.m., we had 85.31 inches.
0: Cravens pointed to late January when more rain than usual started coming in.
5: Well, We started the year off. uh, January began, began really around normal, but then by the end of January, we really started becoming wet, and it never stopped. We were above normal for the whole year after January, pretty much.
0: Cravens provided an outlook for the weekend and next week.
5: It's looking more like a um, rain-snow mix, with really more snow. Uh, You know, today we're going to see snow showers through the day. This weekend, we actually are looking at a northerly outflow pattern, so we're actually going to turn dry and have a break from all of this wetness this weekend. But then by next week, uh, we go into another wet pattern where we'll see some rain and snow.
0: Meteorologist Caleb Cravens. Cut trawler cams help save the world's fish. Several companies are installing high-resolution cameras on U.S. fishing boats to replace scarce in-person observers and meet new federal mandates aimed at protecting dwindling fish stocks. But taking the technology beyond US waters, where the vast majority of seafood consumed in the US is caught, is a steep challenge. Only a few countries in the world can match strict US regulatory mandates. Scientists fear the result could be that American initiatives to replenish fish stocks and reduce unintentional bycatch of threatened species could backfire by transferring more fishing into unregulated overseas waters. In a historic move, The U.S. House passed the final version of the bill safeguarding marriage equality, sending the landmark legislation to President Biden's desk. ABC's M. M. Nguyen has more from Washington. The House voted 258 to 169, with 39 Republicans siding with Democrats to pass the Respect for Marriage Act that would codify federal protections for same-sex and interracial marriages. The bill requires the federal government and all states to recognize marriages wed in a state where the union was legal. This legislation came from Democrats after the fall of Roe v. Wade, where Justice Clarence Thomas indicated he would like to see the court consider reversing other rulings that guarantee the national right to equal marriage. It's the first time Congress has provided protections for same-sex marriage. M. Wynn, ABC News, Washington. Never miss a story or a newscast at KINYradio.com. Now you're up to date. I'm Jazz Garrett for News of the North.